0: This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation.
1: Hello, Alice Fraser, not Lewis Hobber. Oh, my goodness. Not Lewis Hobber,
2: unfortunately, uh, for all involved, except me. Except me. I uh, have made most of a career out of being the second person people call and uh, I'm very proud of that.
1: Uh, Yeah, poor Lewis um, for folks tuning in um, who may not also listen to Triple J Drive, you. This may be the first bit of news that you'll find that Lewis Hobber has COVID. He's got the Rona. He's got the the, the spicy cough, so he's he can't join us. He gave me a call about ten minutes before the show started, and I said, "I know just the person who can fill in your big shoes, Alice Fraser."
2: Yes, I. I mean, I feel like it's it's very sad that he has coronavirus. I. It's one of those pieces of news though that you always feel like. It should always have been the case. He is the, I mean, for a grown man, he is the most like a Dickensian orphan I've ever met. He always, I'm not saying he's a sickly boy. I'm just saying that, you know, if he coughs gently into a handkerchief, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: <laughs> well, for me, I feel like, well, surely his sheer height puts him above the breathing uh, height of everybody else. So he, he, unless he's crouching down, his risk is quite low.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. I, I've always noticed um, – do you know vaping?
1: Oh, yes. Do you uh, know
2: vaping, Dan? Yeah, well, <laughs> Have you know, heard of vaping? I've <laughs> heard of vaping,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Lewis Hobber knows vaping.
2: I always thought that the, the the biggest feature of vaping as like a pre-COVID thing was just knowing how big people's breath was.
1: <laughs> because you could see, you could actually see. You can the see breath. it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Arguably, vaping should be compulsory so that we can dodge each other's <laughs>
1: coronavirus auras hey um big thank you to everybody who signed up to this week's patreon i'm going to be hammering the patreon over the next few months because we need you we need to join you need you to join up Uh, if you love the show please head to irrationalfear.com forward slash patreon alice fraser you have an exceedingly good patreon a wonderful community there what is the top secret of running a patreon community for me
2: uh, for you. well, i do I do these salons where I talk to everyone and I treat them like people,, uh-huh, right. uh, which is important. And uh, I don't know. I just I just
1: no offense to anyone on my Patreon. That sounds gross. Uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think of them, like I support people on Patreon. Um like I support them because I'm super excited to be part of whatever they're doing. Like i want to be be a part of it. And so it's really nice. Like I just, I just think, well, what would it it be like to be a patron of me and what would I like if I were my own patron, which I am. I pay my own bills, let me tell
1: you. Well, there you go. Uh, Irrational Fear, I think we are a Patreon of yours at the very lowest level. I think it's like 50 (laughs) cents a month. So, you know, it's great to be also helping you out, Alice Fraser.
2: Look at me talking to you like you're a person.
1: (laughs) Uh, You also get discounted tickets to our live shows. Uh, We do have our 10-year anniversary show that has been rescheduled. It is going to be at the Opera House, so make sure you become a patron so you get a a discounted ticket to that. Also, you can see Alice uh, on stage with a special Irrational Fear show at the Judith Nielsen Institute. Um, We're doing a show May 5th, it's called. Is the joke mightier than the word? It's a show about satire being more powerful than journalism, right in the heart. Wait a minute.
2: Is it May 5th or May 9th? Because I think you offered both and I said for one of them I'm in Adelaide and that's May 5th.
1: Right. So, Alice, so are you just
2: telling me I'm off the bill? So
1: Alice Fraser may not be on that bill, but we have to <laughs> share. <show>. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, join the Patreon and you'll find out all the details, is my point. I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on the land of the Thoreawalt. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show.
3: Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra <laughs> Fair and Section 40 A Rational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences.
1: Tonight, the Minister for Aged Care, Robert Colbeck, promises to appear at the Senate Select Committee on COVID-19 after the next Ashes Test in Hobart. And just in time for Valentine's Day, when McDonald's is changing the shape of the nuggets box to contain a little heart cutout, just to remind customers which vital organ will be cut out after you eat their products. And according to the New York Times, Vladimir Putin could be planning something worse than war. His first ever solo show at the Adelaide French Festival. It's the eleventh <laughs> of February, two thousand and twenty-two. <laughs> this is irrational fear. Irrational fear. And don't forget to unplug your set. Yes, welcome. This is Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former Duke of York, Dan Illich, and this is the podcast that puts the news in a blender with ginger and mint so even the most awful stuff tastes OK. Let's meet our mongers for tonight. While their day job is a court transcriptionist, their passion is a blend of pithy satire and finally organised cerebral chaos, which is why they're perfect for this show, Irrational Fear. Have your pencils ready. It's Scout Boxall. <laughs> Hello.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. Now, Scott, Um, as a
1: court transcriptionist, is it true you type really fast on one of those fancy machines?
0: I type so fast. I type about 97 words a minute. Damn. Um wow. yeah, I got I got the little magic thingies. I'm ready to go. Um I actually, although in very cool news, uh-huh. uh, I quit my day job hey! this week. Congratulations. Congratulations. We're gonna give the performing arts a go. Woohoo! And my first step was appearing on this podcast for free. So <laughs> I can't
1: wait. <laughs> That's not true. You get a hundred dollars. We'll pay you money. It's okay. Oh
0: my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Wow! This you're living really? dreams? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, riches beyond my wildest <laughs> dreams. Oh, I can't wait. No, I'm so stoked to be here. I would have done it for free anyway. I would have paid you for the privilege. Oh,
1: great. Excellent. Well, I just made $100. And she holds a Bachelor of Classical Voice and Master of Screenwriting from VCA, which means she's completely overqualified for this podcast. It's singer, songwriter and shit stirrer, Alice Tovey.
3: Hello. Yay. Thank you, Dan. I am qualified to do nothing with those pieces <laughs> of paper.
1: It's quite <laughs> incredible. Like like two degrees Like in, in like the super fine arts. That is... That is a commitment, well done!
3: It makes for great pub chat. Thank you. But really, they're just used to kind of cover the little crack in the wall of my men, uh, my rental property, and that's it.
1: <laughs> great. Excellent. And he's the co host of Triple J drive shows, Hobber and Hing. It's Lewis Hobber.
2: Hey! Today, hey! 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 hey, for this one hour. Actually, no, I'm going to treat myself and just be Lewis Hobber till midnight.
3: Mm. <laughs> Ooh. What's your next step?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do next? What's the, what's the big thing? Turn
3: back into a Fraser pumpkin, naturally yeah just slowly
2: slowly disintegrate back into my selfhood but i think what i will do just is revel in being tall for a bit Mm -hmm. revel in being tall Mm -hmm. yeah have Uh, some pithy
1: quips about kanye west and uh, lean on something
2: (laughs) high with my elbow yeah
1: can i can i recommend getting um incredibly outraged about the quality of a quiche that is something I know about Lewis Hobber. So.
2: <laughs> that is such an in-joke. That delightful. is such a specific joke But even I, Lewis Hobber, about whom the joke is, don't get the joke.
1: <laughs> Coming up later, we'll be talking with Sam Holland from the New Liberals. We'll ask him how long will it take for the New Liberals to be around until they get to be called the Old Liberals. But first, here is a message from this week's sponsor, and I really apologise for this sketch. Sunday, 60 Minutes goes behind the doors at Kirribilli House to present Australian politics like you've never seen
4: before. It's hot. The Prime <laughs> Minister, Scott,
1: Scott Morris. Morris. Good morning, Carl. And journalist cosplay, Carl Stefanovic.
3: PM, good morning to you.
1: In a one-hour-long, d- sucking, sucking session. session. Very hard. Only from behind. From Prime Minister to Prime Daddy.
0: i got to tell you, I'm coming. From
1: breakfast television journalist to chief of ScoMo staff. Wow. It's 60 minutes of Walkley award-winning 69A.
4: And then you put
1: the finger through there. Watch Carl Stefanovic get lodged by Scott Morrison in the lodge.
4: The big stick.
1: Sunday on 9 and 9 now. I would like to see if you would marry me. Love you, yeah. mate. That'll make sense a little <laughs> bit later on. Uh, <laughs> uh, more on 60 Minutes Later, but this week's first fear. Spies are on the dating apps and they're doing much more than invading your DMs. ASO DG Mike Burgess confirmed that, uh, that some espionage and foreign interference with democracy within Australia has now supplanted terrorism as the nation's principal security concern. Uh, here was I thinking the nation's principal Security concern was allowing religious groups to d- discriminate against kids. They don't like the look out. But no, uh, according to ASIO, spies are using social media and dating apps to mine confidential information from thousands of Australians with classified information. The DG said ASIO is also tracking suspicious approaches on dating apps such as uh, well, well, Tinder, Bumble and Hinge.
2: What counts as a suspicious approach, well, well, Dan? The- is it like respectful? Like, doesn't open <laughs> yeah. the dick pic, it, worrying. It,
1: immediately that is very suspicious. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it is very strange. Like, um, what would a suspicious approach be? Would it be like, hey, want to come around for some Netflix and state secrets? Is that, like, uh, the the first line that people would do? I,
3: Dan, I it's so like concerning. I, I, like, as if single people didn't have enough to worry about already. Like, you've got to find someone who makes you laugh, who likes those long walks on the beach, and now you've got to make sure their terrorist cell looks promising. <laughs> I just think it's
0: like it's insane to me. I, I'm wondering whether it's like men are getting more likely to be catfished on this because I feel like women on dating apps are so suspicious. Uh-huh. So suspicious all the time. Yeah. And I but I I can yeah, it, it it's stunning it's stunning to me. I mean, how lonely do you have to be to Get into bed with the enemy. Literally sleep with the enemy.
1: <laughs> Not that lonely. I yeah, don't I think. mean, hey, look, like spies do it all the time in the movies. Like James Bond loves to get his fuck on. Like that, you know, that, that's Ooh. that's that's so, you know, <laughs> that's what
2: happens. See, I take this story really personally because whenever I lose a friend from my life, uh, they sort of just evaporate or disappear. I decide it's because they're a spy now. <laughs> And so they can't have contact Correct. with their old life, and that's how I soothe my feelings of, of abandonment. <laughs> yep, yep. And now
4: they're
0: Mrs. Spy. <laughs> that sounds super healthy, Alice. I can't wait for you to unpack that in a Medicare rebated therapy session. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> I um I actually have a personal element to this because my mom dated a spy, no an way. Australian spy. Yeah, yeah, in the eighties before she met my dad uh-huh. uh, from the Treasury Department. So way less interesting. Um, but she got fully vetted. Like they'd been dating for about nine months. He was going to pop the question. And so, like, some ASIO guys came over and asked her a bunch of questions. She was working in the Treasury at the time, and so she passed with flying colours, and then she broke up with him.
1: So, crushed it. Did she get any state secrets while she was dating him?
0: No, but she realised how gullible she was. Like, she was like, yeah, he just kept going on these trips to Iran, and I just thought, that sounds... That sounds exotic. That sounds fun. Not sure what you're doing there for CSIRO, but I'm sure there's something interesting going on. So she's a smart lady, but she's, she's book smart, not street smart.
1: Well, here, I mean, here, I mean, here's something. Like my dad worked for ASIO and my mum and dad dated after. Oh, no, my mum and dad dated as he was still working for ASIO. So there you go. I mean, but, you know. Did she know? Yeah, I think eventually. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. She knew. <laughs> Yeah, when she kept going to write things
3: with pens and they'd turn into little cameras and guns. She's like, something's going on. (laughs) Everything
0: in the house is invisible ink. There's like always an eye in there ready to warm up the lemon juice so you can see the secret message.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like, please tidy, please take out the bins, but it was written in lemon ink, yeah. Uh, It's interesting, like I don't, Dad has never divulged any information from his time working in Asia. I just assumed that he was chasing down uh, Croatian separatists that were running around the country at the time. Back in <laughs> back in the sixties, so yeah, I, should, I need I to ask Dad some really hard questions before before he yeah. Got...
0: Once a state spe- once the state secrets act has expired, like he's whatever. It's been It's been, 30, just, it's been yeah, more than thirty it's years. It's been
2: more than
1: thirty years.
2: Jeez, my Did dad you... used to know an ex CIA agent who became a meditation teacher.
1: Oh, oh my really? god! What Amazing. Is that just? No, a that's journey? not what
2: this podcast about.
1: Did he become a meditation teacher to deal with his PTSD? <laughs>
2: I was about to say he was in he was in Southeast Asia working for the CIA and he became oh. interested in the Oriental religions oh. and then
1: interesting. Yeah, decided he didn't want to yeah. keep murdering
2: people for it, fun.
1: It probably was a cover. He would be like, "Okay, now say hum and also what your password is." All right. Yes,
2: transfixing,
0: <laughs> and I like, and that, and that's the dating. It's like if you can get, if you can look, if you can fuck them good enough, the little pillow talk at the end. It's like so, um. What was the name of your first pet? Um, What would be the last four numbers of your Medicare number? Just like off the bat. Just like I'm so interested in you.
2: I mean, if you're talking after sex, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should
0: have your vocal cords absolutely excoriated. You shouldn't be able to make a word.
1: Normally I wouldn't play a clip from Senator James Patterson, but he did, did make a pretty good point on uh, on this issue. He also sits on the Joint Committee for Intelligence and Security.
4: we need to remember that um, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. If you're a six and they're a ten, uh, it might not be your looks that they've been charmed by. It might be your access to classified information.
1: <laughs> As someone who's a five, that is very cutting. That is very cutting. <laughs>
3: And can I just say that that is a scathing recommendation from the Ministry for negging, just shocking
1: stuff. Irrational
3: <laughs>
4: fear! Do you agree with the sentiment that keeping wages at a relatively modest level is a deliberate feature of our economic architecture to actually drive jobs growth?
3: Absolutely not. And, you know, for Bill Shorten to even suggest that, I think is
4: uh, shows... Well, it, I'm nothing. actually quoting... Economics. Economics. I'm quoting you know, Matthias you know, Cormann, you know, the finance minister yes. here, uh, minister, your colleague.
1: That's,
0: he's absolutely right.
4: Your fear is rational.
1: This week's second fear. After three years of threatening and with only three sitting days of parliament left, the Coalition tried and then failed to pass a religious discrimination bill, which in terms would kind of allow religious organisations to do more discriminating. Hooray! Freedom to discriminate is just what Jesus would have wanted. (laughs) 5am Thursday morning, the debate was still raging with the five Liberals crossing the floor to vote with Labor and the crossbenchers in support of amendments that the Independents put up to abolish the rights of religious schools to discriminate against gay and trans kids. Five Liberals cross the floor, which is pretty extraordinary. Now, responding to criticism levelled at him by a Minister of his own of, of his own party, Scott Morrison said, "I don't feel betrayed. I don't feel upset. I don't feel much anything because that's the benefit of being a complete psycho." Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so fear mongers. Uh, did you you saw this bill go down? Why does God need the help of the Australian Christian lobby? Scout.
0: Oh, my God. Um, so this bill hits pretty close to home for me. I went to a religious private school as a little kiddo. And as a, a ba- basically, first of all, I want to give a shout out to the five MPs who broke ranks. Um, so Bridget Archer, Trent Zimmerman, Fiona Martin, Katie Allen, and Dave Sharma. Like, congrats to you guys for showing that good people can get in the way of a bad bill. Do you know what I mean? But um, I think the thing that really I mean, worries people is, is pushing it. Yeah, but, do, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's nice to see, like, a scarecrow of conscience in the Liberal Party. Like, and even if, you know, I fundamentally disagree on them on literally everything else they do, that's one good thing they did do. The the sad thing now is that, like, we're now going into an election where this could potentially be, like, a debate issue. Like, and I just really worry that trans and queer kids in schools are essentially going to get thrown under the bus as the Liberal Party tries to, like, not let themselves, like, split into different factions and I, it's just it's it's really disheartening to see that like you can yeah it's it's really disheartening. So it's actually been like a really really tough week for the community.
1: Oh, I can I can totally imagine. It's so weird that this political football has even come into play because it's just pure culture war bullshit that absolutely doesn't need to happen. I don't know if you know anything about the co- the country right now, but there's a bunch of other stuff that needs to kind of get done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's like a little globular panini going on.
3: It's also pretty rude for like trans people to be used as political footballs when they've been historically
1: excluded from sport. (laughs) That's uh, that's no comment. It's not my place to comment on that joke. Uh, uh,
0: No, I can comment on that and I can say that's a good joke, Alice. You did great. Thank you, Scout. (laughs) I just want to be a political little hockey puck. Just put me on the ice, baby. I got no work out of my house. I'm <laughs> boiling right now. Oh, my goodness.
1: It's so shit that this whole community has to be this political football at this time. Like no one needs that when there's so, so much other stuff that the government actually needs to get done.
2: Dan, I think it's a problem that's going to solve itself. If we ignore climate change long enough and focus on this kind of stuff, uh, eventually uh, everyone will just be floating around neck deep in water and you won't have to worry about any kind of gender presentation. We'll all have gills and be fish. There's no segregated change rooms in the apocalypse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone shits at the end of the day, baby. Irrational
1: fear.
4: The reality is if if you have to disclose all of your donors, people won't donate to you. A rational fear.
1: This week's third fear. Jenny Morrison is going prime time in what appears to be the puffiest of all puff pieces. 60 Minutes is doing a soft lens job on Scott Morrison to curry favour with the audience, no doubt.
3: <clears throat> well done,
1: Dan. I, I was going to say that silences me cutting up my comedy card. Oh um, my God, yeah. the curry! I yeah, got no, it! Sam Maiden wrote up a piece um, based on a Carl Stefanovic interview in which Carl said the following quote regarding their 2020 trip to Hawaii. Also, Jenny makes a killer margarita, which is kind of strange with the whole Hawaii thing. Uh, I don't know if anyone's told Carl, but margaritas aren't from Hawaii, Carl! They're not from Hawaii. They're from
2: Italy and they're a kind of pizza. Go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Carl goes on to say the texting scandals. I mean, there's nothing she doesn't address uh, and she's, you know, she's herself. I, I don't think she's the person who's manipulated by PR boffins. She's real. I think she connects in a real way that's open and honest and incredibly refreshing. Fear mongers, uh, why why does it sound like that Jenny would make a better Prime Minister than Scott Morrison? Because she would
3: at this stage. (laughs) A a used (laughs) wad of paper towel would be better than Scott Morrison at this point in time.
1: We're going to play Hang On A Sec now. I'm going to play the the trailer to the 60 Minutes piece that's going to go to air on Sunday. Uh, If you want a joke, just yell out, Hang On A Sec, uh, and I'll stop the tape. Here we go.
2: I will say pause for a minute because I don't do colloquialisms.
1: <laughs> okay, very good. You could say pause for a minute. All right, here we go. Let's play pause for a minute. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Do
3: you sleep with one eye open? In the toughest weeks. Uh, pause I for feel- a minute. You know, a lot of uh, lizards actually don't have eyelids, so he'd probably <laughs> always be sleeping with his eyes open.
4: <laughs> it and bleed like everybody else. Of course I do. In the toughest oh, Pause job.
3: for a minute.
0: Uh Q Q Scott Morrison raising his hands to the camera and just showing his own stigmata like the Lord class himself. <laughs> he bleeds for our sins, everyone. <laughs> we
2: love a Catholic school joke, Scouty. I mean, also I liked the way that that question got asked of like, do you? Like, are you real? Like it really, like as though that were a hard-hitting question. Like, <laughs> a, do you actually have blood? Yeah. Well, Car Stefanovic is really like the
0: the recapture. Like, are you human? Please tick. Can you see like three chimneys in this thing? That's like the extent of his journalism right
2: now. I find it so exhausting when they say prove that you're human and you have to go off and live a full, happy life, suffer (laughs) greatly, love deeply, eventually die, and by then you've forgotten the Amazon password.
4: Scott Morrison
3: fights back. You might need more than a miracle this time. You might need the second coming. (laughs) Well, I believe in that too.
0: (laughs) Oh, hang on a sec. I don't think he's ever made a woman come once, hey. let alone hey. second coming.
1: Hey.
0: Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. But, also, but, also, but
1: also I love <laughs> I, I was looking for my horn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was such a flatulent horn, I loved it. That's beautiful. <laughs>
2: well, I just like that he presented his like horrifying evangelical fervor as a kind of a fun perk of his personality. Like <laughs> I believe in that too. And also not in gay people. And you go, oh, okay, what, well, well, you know.
1: <laughs> awesome. Here we go. On 60 Minutes, behind the scenes in the kitchen cabinet. Watch out for the knives. Annie from behind.
0: <laughs> the Prime Minister launches his secret weapon. Amen.
3: Hang on a sec. Uh, Jenny is a secret weapon? Really? No, one... no Jenny G- scapegoat? Jesus is the secret weapon. Amen.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jenny's not the secret weapon. She's been the shield this whole time. Jesus is the sword. Jenny is the shield. She is the one that, like, uh, uh, absorbs all of the flack, all the insults, and is the only woman who can bear to stand next to him on camera and be like, "Mm, he's actually a really cool guy.
3: Jenny to Scott Morrison right now is like a very thick carpet that gets rolled over the road if there's nails on it so people can drive over it and not get hurt.
1: (laughs) 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 What would you say to your 16-year-old self?
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Hang on. Okay, genuine cry for help at this point. At what point do we go in and emancipate Jenny Morrison? Like, she's just, she's gazing out from these crazy eyes like, yeah, oh no. I love this man and I love my country and I love Jesus. Jenny, it's babe, our cold. DMs
3: are open. Like, message us anytime. day or night. We're here for you, girl. Get some of the lemons, make some invisible ink, get one of those Scholastica
0: <laughs> spy kits so you got, you got for the kids. You can get out, baby. You can get out.
1: Slip into our DMs like a Chinese spy, Jenny
4: in. <laughs> She's
1: <laughs> an eight. But <Back> <laughs> Jenny
4: Morrison
0: swing the
2: election? I actually felt sick to my stomach.
4: And save her husband.
3: Hang on a sec. I mean, yeah, if ScoMo touched my leg like that, like he was a teenage boy at a social, yeah, I'd feel sick to my stomach too.
0: Can't believe he didn't leave room for Jesus on that couch. That is just <laughs> not, that's uncalled for. Also, it was probably after she had one of his disgusting curries. What is it with the man and curries all the time?
3: Yeah, he thinks salt is a spice. They're not gonna, it's not gonna be a good curry.
2: I mean let, let's let's not be unfair to uh, Jenny. She's probably an absolute asshole as well. Like let's not let's not assume that she's powerless in this situation. She's probably like giving him an oily massage, being like, I bet you can go harder oh. on the victims. You know Oh Ghislaine
0: Maxwell vibes, Lady Macbeth vibes. Yeah, oh, empower yucky. the women in this situation. This is pro feminist. Exactly. I was just about to say, feminists can be absolute cunts too and that's that's yeah. beautiful. We love that.
1: Then you can go to Hawaii. Carl. Too soon.
0: <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Hang on a second. Too soon? That was three years ago. It's not too soon. Hawaii is not too soon.
1: When are we going to start talking about those bushfires from three years ago? When? When are we going to talk about accountability? You know what? Everything is too soon for this government. Everything is too soon for Scott Morrison. He always waits until things become a crisis. Like um, it all starts with the Engadine problem. You know, it's basically, you know... <laughs> It builds and builds and builds, and then he shits his pants. And this is the same, oh the God. Engadine Doctrine works right across this, like including here. Sunday on 9 and 9 now. Oh, there we go. Wasn't it amazing? Who's excited? Anyone?
0: I, I will genuinely be tuning in. Like, it's its like how you watch a live stream of some ferrets at the zoo. Like, you just want to see what happens next. It's not going to be any substantive political debate or any, like, serious journalistic, you know, investigation. But Scout, I love God. that tiny insight into your evening of watching
3: ferrets at the zoo on a live. Yeah, I watch wonderful. ferrets at the
0: zoo. What are you going to do about it, Alice? You going to come over here and fight me?
1: You know, yes, Alice, I'm going to come over there and watch
0: it, it with Oh, you. there's two Alices.
1: Oh, no, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> uh, next week we'll have three Alices. We'll just get it up every week, a new Alice. <laughs> the 2022 uh, federal elections are shaping up to be a bit of an interesting one with um, uh, the electorate becoming more and more suspicious of major parties. Many are turning to independents and minor parties, and one of those minor parties has a pretty major name, the New Liberals. Do they still believe in chambray shirts and chinos? Do they still believe in locking up refugees for an indeterminate amount of time? Or are they like new Coke? They taste different and they're (laughs) heavy on the fizz. Joining us now from the New Liberals is Sam Holland, who is 26 and he's going for the Queensland (gasps) electorate of Ford. Hello, Sam. Welcome to Irrational Fear. Hey, guys. um, Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, great to have you. First of all, let's get some business out of the way. who are the new Liberals and what do you stand for?
4: It's a common misconception that the Liberals were the first Liberal Party in Australia, um, and every time I have this conversation with someone, it's a really big thing. But um, we're sort of a spin-off of the original Liberals, and so not the old Liberals, the new Liberals, and we are sort of competing against our uh, really annoying older brother. So, like, are the old Liberals, should they be called Liberal Classic? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um <laughs> Librettos or something. Uh, so are the new liberals truly liberal? <laughs>
2: nice opera joke. Well done. Are the, are the yeah, thank you.
4: <laughs> I try my best.
2: I just figured I was the one I mean, Alice, come on. Oh, I got it. I giggled. Very well done.
0: <laughs> I used to go to the I used to go to the opera. My parents vote liberal. So uh, yeah. We're all across the libretto. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tell me, um, when you say a liberal party, is it in the true sense of a liberal party?
4: Yeah, that's right. So um basically equality and uh, trying to make everyone um, using reason and logic and science and uh, trying to make the world a better place and not being corrupt that's our main thing um, because like I mean, we really need to change that <laughs> 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 when you pick a name like
1: the new liberals that has a that has like a really heavy connotation to it uh, is this yeah. is that in order to attract liberal previous Liberal voters who are upset with the levels of kind of cronyism and corruption that are happening in the Liberals, or is it to attract uh, Labor Party voters or or Greens voters? Like how, how, what's the thinking behind the name? I know you're not the person who founded it. I'm just, you know, asking questions. Yeah, no,
4: no, no. Um, It it did start off as, uh, I guess, uh, looking at the Liberal voters who believe in Liberal values, but then they just got attracted to the Liberal Party with a name and nothing else. So that's where it started at. But... As we get further on, it seems that the people who are really keen are sort of those sort of, they, they don't want to vote Liberal, but also they're not really, um just a little bit disenfranchised of the Labor Party too. And um, we're trying to provide an option. And we're not trying to compete against the Labor Party. We're just going to provide, I guess, the Pepsi to their Coke. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't call yourselves the Pepsi. Say you're the Coke. <laughs> no one's going for a Pepsi.
4: No, no, we're the LA Ice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, now,
1: one of the areas that the New Liberals really are differentiating themselves, and this is kind of similar territory to the climate independence, is big around climate change and, and conservation. Um, what yeah. are kind of some of the big marquee uh, policies that the New Liberals have around climate change?
4: Well, uh, for example, we're not going for net zero by twenty seven hundred or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, For beginners, we're going with 2030, um, like the rest of the world seems to be aiming for. Uh, honestly, we have a plan, a budgeted plan for 2035, um, but uh, we, we think dream big, go 2030.
1: That's super interesting. And, like, is that to do with emissions reduction or is that, like, basing it along uh, fictitious things like carbon capture and storage?
4: No, no. Um, it's, I mean, renewables are already the cheapest and most efficient form of energy. The thing that really got me onto this is, Like you always hear the arguments that renewables aren't a viable option, but if we all just put our super into companies that were investing in renewables, we'd already hit net zero by 2030, let alone with any government um, interaction. Um, I'm a microbiologist, sorry.
1: Uh, Yes, uh, man man with a dominant claw has put up a uh, a, a quote, a a comment saying, his site says he's a scientist. What flavor of science? Is it relevant to climate science? Yes, you're a microbiologist and you have put your PhD candidacy on hold so you can run for this election uh yeah. does that concern you like if you if you win is that your major concern like you'll be like ah, oh, damn i won't become a doctor for another uh at <laughs> least another three years
4: yeah well yeah so my plan has become a, a like an md phd so both sorts of doctors and uh a, a foray into uh, politics was not really on my plan until i saw how badly the government screwed up this because um Like, I actually, um, in my undergraduate degree, got tested on how I'd manage coronavirus. It was an epidemic, admittedly, but uh, uh, let's just say the. So, you're responsible for
1: coronavirus. You actually (laughs) predicted it. it. It, You made it happen.
0: You were doing your undergrad in Wuhan and then you come Uh, back to Australia.
1: You got me. You got me.
4: (laughs)
0: Well, like, Samuel, uh, something's gone wrong at the lab here. We need to sort this out right now. And you're like, oh, I'm going for politics at this point. Uh."
4: (laughs) That's exactly what happened. You got me, guys.
1: Now you're in Logan City, uh, which is which I understand is a fairly progressive local council, particularly when it comes to climate action. Yeah. Yet at the federal level, the the, fe, the the federal candidate is a is a liberal, very conservative on a federal level. How why is that? Why do you why is the local council so progressive and so climate action oriented? But on the federal level, of course, you know you have the Liberal Party up there.
4: Yeah, it, the issue is that the local council sort of a charade of being uh, really quite, uh, you know, uh, quite, I guess, liberal. <laughs> um, like realistically, um, and actually, I, I can say this now because it's sort of come out. Um, the local councillor who um, is very aligned with Bert, uh, the incumbent MP, she told me to my face if I preference anyone above uh, anyone above Bert, she'd kill me. She'd fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> What? So and then and then on top of that, so I got a, um, at the stage where I got a campaign office, right? And so I I wanted to like get a campaign office and um help this charity out um, and just use it the front room for myself. And uh, the council like owned the property and went, Oh, too bad you can't branch it from us.
1: <laughs> well, hang on, So was it that the liberal counselor told you that they're gonna kill you?
4: Yeah, that's right, to my face in front of my campaign manager. It was <laughs> nuts.
1: <laughs> Do you have receipts? Do you <laughs>
4: So she looks at me, she looks at me in the face and she goes, um, I'm really glad you got that liberal on your shirt. Uh, Cause you know, like that's what I believe in. I'm a real blue voter and um, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be speaking to you if you didn't have the word liberal on your shirt. So obviously I agree with your policies and I'm like, you haven't read my policies.
0: <laughs> Ooh, wow. You also haven't read a dictionary. Like that's not, <laughs> there's more to that word than just that party. That's insane. That's batshit insane. So,
1: Sam, are you concerned for your life now that uh, some (laughs) liberal counsellor is going to kill
4: you? My lawyers have advised me not to answer that
3: sentence.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for any
3: speedily driven BMWs in your area, my love.
1: (laughs) Sam, that's that's not how you answer that question. You're meant to say, I don't mind if she kills me or not. What I can tell you is I'm getting on with the job. That's what you have to say. That's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how you answer that question. I'm just focused and on we'll getting And we'll continue to
2: do so from beyond the gray. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> um, Making policy decisions by widget board. It's great. Now, one of the key policies that you're kind of working on for your local area is around koala habitats. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about that.
4: Yeah. So um, I guess like most people our age who um, sort of started thinking about this, um, well, and the initial seed obviously came from the bushfires. But the second seed sort of came from the Friendly Geordies video about the Great Koala National Park. And so actually on my campaign team, I have an expert uh, who who studies koalas and protecting koalas and said, Hey, is that actually a good idea? And he said, yeah, it's not a bad idea, but a better idea would be connect all the um, existing state um, preservation of koalas because the larger the bio corridor, um, if you can connect the existing habitats, you actually provide a better, um, it'd be better both for the koalas and it'd be cheaper too. We started looking at that and actually we've costed it and it, even actually goes past where the Great Koala National Park would be.
1: Well, Sam, uh, you know, you're 26, so you've got, you know, a few more runs in you. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you, don't, if, it, if you don't get up this election, there's always the next election, an election after that, an election after that. By then you'll be like a, a qualified doctor and you uh, will yeah. look, look even more impressive on the poster. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for folks who are considering moving away from the major parties, what's one thing that you would tell them to vote for you?
4: My biggest thing is the Anti-Corruption Commission. We, we really need a proper Anti-Corruption Commission that can punish people retroactively. Like, corruption is a crime. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, just because there isn't a police force currently <laughs> doesn't mean that you should get away with those crimes. But both political parties seem to think that. Like one just says, "Don't be a police force," and the other one goes, "Okay, let's have a police force, but only look at it from now on. We promise to be good." <laughs> and of course,
1: of, of course, the the anti the anti corruption body that the government was planning and putting up this time around actually had retrospective powers, <laughs> and so they're yes. like, uh, "Let's uh, not, let's not <laughs> This is a a bad idea." <laughs>
4: I just pay to see Dutton's face uh, Like a Monday afternoon (laughs) Hang on, so you're telling me you want to put us all in jail? Scott, <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: telling me that it costs a billion dollars a year to run the Nauru detention centre, like the the same as it costs to run the ABC, uh, and you're not corrupt? Okay, interesting. <laughs> that is it for irrational fear. A big thank you to all of our guests tonight: Alice Fraser, Scout Box, or Alice Tovey, Sam Holland. Uh, big thank you. Now it's time to do the plugs. What would you like to plug, Scout?
0: I have a show coming up at the Melbourne Comedy Festival called Buck Wild, from the 30th of March to the 10th of April. So if anyone's in. Melbourne. I'd love to see you there.
1: And congratulations on becoming a 2022 Moosehead recipient. That Woo! is awesome.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very
0: much.
1: Cool. To Alice Tovey, what would you like to plug?
3: Yes, I have two shows coming up at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. You can see my show One Night Only Over Seven Nights or you can come and see my late night show <laughs> the Melbourne Metropolitan Real Estate Agent of the Year Awards 2022 with Frankie McNair. Mm, That's great.
1: I, I've always wanted to do a show at the MCG uh, and have the posters, have giant <laughs> posters that say Dan Illich MCG One Night Only and like have it like in a conference room at the MCG. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and then, That's and great. then, like, and then when I could add, when I sell out, add more shows, like, new dates added. <laughs> For the MCG! (laughs) People are like
2: waiting to get tickets.
1: (laughs) Alice Fraser, what would you like to
2: play? Uh, I have three shows at the Melbourne Company. No, I don't. (laughs) 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 I will be doing my show, uh, Kronos, uh, in Adelaide and Melbourne and Perth if they open the borders ever again and then in Edinburgh. But you can find me online at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, blogs and my weekly tea with
1: Alice salons. Yeah, jump on those salons. That's good. That's good fun. Sam? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, and
4: I have a show at the Opera House, so um, just kind of, <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's doing the gala.
4: <laughs> but no, but no, seriously, um, uh, if you're in town, come a beer. Um, I'm at i in Beanley all the time, and. Um, uh, just, just check out the other options. Um, and in preference, Labor before the Liberals so you don't want vote. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you want to know more about preferencing,
1: please head to Irrational Fears newsletter. Cara Schlegel has written a great piece on the importance of preferencing and preference where you put your preferences. Uh, so that is from two weeks ago on the Irrational Feed newsletter. And she's coming up on Tuesday with a brand new column. So stick around for that on the Irrational Feed newsletter as well. Big thank you to Roadmikes, the Bertha Foundation, our Patreon supporters, Jacob Brown, Killian David, Lee Constable and also big thanks to new Patreon supporters who signed up, Meredith Harper, Patsy Caves, Angus Templeton, Sophie Haha What, uh, Tim <laughs> Baker uh, and Catherine. Thank you very much and before we go I've been getting some fundraising emails from the state liberals in New South Wales um, so I decided to give them a call to find out what kind of perks you get uh, when you donate. Let me Let me just get my phone. Where is it? Good morning, Liberal Party. Kate speaking. Hi, Kate. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. I'm just um got the donation email, and I just wanted to donate. Well, I just wanted to ask you, what do I get for donating? Is there anything, right. anything special? I'm not sure. I'll put you through to the donations. Who's calling, please? My name's Dan. Dan. Okay, no problem. Hi. How can I? Um, you have a few questions you want to ask? Do you have any any perks for donating?
2: We do uh, give merchandise for our members. They sometimes get mugs, like you were asking, like you know, uh, maybe a tin, you know, like little liberal party
1: merchandises. Are you looking for something in particular? What about like a car? Do you get a free car park or a or a or a boat shed? I I can't make any promises. Like I can check it up, check it for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no worries, that's fine. Thank you very much for your help. No worries, you have a lovely day.
0: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott.